Hello, creative souls, and welcome to Inner Promptings, the podcast to support and inspire your creative essence, a platform that will encourage you to listen to those gentle tugs at your soul to expand and open yourself to new possibilities. Hi, my name is Joanne Venegro Bromley, and I am so grateful to have you join me today. If you're new, welcome. And if you've been here before, welcome back. You have no idea how your listening to this podcast and supporting me uh, makes me feel so good. So thank you for that. Okay, well, how are you? It is April 26th. It's a Sunday. And um, I've been thinking about the podcast a lot. I have been actually taping some YouTube videos on uh, creativity and art projects to do. Unfortunately, we've been having problems trying to get them uploaded to the site, but they will be there. Um, Instead of just me telling you uh, different things you can do, you can actually see me and my process and I can help you along. So I hope that you'll tune into that. They will be at Artistry Collaborative on YouTube. Anyway, um, I pray you are well and managing in this completely strange time. I go along and I'm thinking I'm doing okay. I try to focus on my blessings that surround me and, and I take inventory of my body, my actions, and there's a toll we are paying. I, I feel it in my jaw. It's tight. My body is full of aches and my sleeping patterns are all over the place. And my motivations fluctuate between excitement and enthusiasm to just complete malaise. I I just can't get motivated at points. Um, Does any of this sound familiar? I, I think it's normal and I think we just have to see past it. I've been pushing people to create in this time, to continue to produce, to be productive, but I don't want to add any more to your already overburdened senses. I guide you to create on your terms. Go easy on yourself. If you begin something in five minutes, you're not into it, it's okay. Give yourself credit for the five minutes. I am famous for beating myself up for not doing more, and it has to stop. If there ever was a time to be gentler and kinder to yourself and others, it's now. I just implore you to make an effort. Have a quasi-schedule. As this quarantine persists, it becomes more difficult to maintain um, some kind of semblance, but it is essential to our well-being and we feel best when we have productivity and a purpose and I think that's my reasoning for being creative because you it it may be silly it may be simple it may be to others foolish but it's a way to express yourself and don't be afraid to make ugly art because this is an ugly time it is Um, and expressing yourself is never ugly I hate that word but you know we need to we need to the key is to find some joy and that may take some exploration find songs that make you want to move and sing find movies that truly take you away read books that you just can't put down 
find the things that keep you connected to your joy. At this very moment, on my kitchen table, I have face masks cut and ready to be sewn. I have a table skirt that I started for my friend's wedding in June, which now, of course, has been postponed. And over 30 thinking of you cards that I want to send out to my mom's um, nursing home. A plethora of ideas to create more YouTube videos. And I work at these things gradually. And I'm okay with that. You have to be. I am producing with purpose, just not as quickly as I would like, but it's a slower pace, a slower pace, and I have to be okay with that. I've been reading bits and pieces, and I came across a book that was published in 1990, and it's called Composing a Life by Mary Catherine Bateson. And she looks at how these five women created their lives that were not narrowly focused on a single ambition, but through a series of challenges and disruptions, they creatively reinvented themselves multiple times, refocus and redefining their place in the world. In the face of discontinuity, they created rich and empowering experiences with each adaptation. Now that was 30 years ago, and it is now more apparent, especially in this shift of how the world works and how it's going to work from now on. For men and women, we no longer make a decision and follow that through to retirement. No one has the same job from when they were 24 till retirement. Those days are long gone. But we ebb and flow, and it is our ability to creatively reinvent ourselves and our desires. We do our, we do our graduating seniors a disservice, having them focus in on one direction. The ability to set a goal and yet maybe maneuver and adapt to change is essential in our world, in our lives. How many of you can say that your life is just how you pictured it? I fear that most cannot. And there's no shame in that. It just means you had to make adjustments and reconfigure. It is my desire to help you to make choices that harness your gifts and create a life you love. And now is the perfect time to tap into your full potential. I wish you such happiness and strength and courage to take on these challenging times, to evaluate what brings you the most joy and where your strengths are and how you can best serve the world and yourself because that's all that really matters. So coming up, I'm going to be interviewing my daughter and I'm very excited and scared because I have no idea where that's going to go, <laughs> but um, she is a creative force and um, I think you will enjoy hearing what she has to say. So hang in there and keep on creating. Do you usually play it for people? Hi and welcome back. Well, today I have a very special guest and um, it is my daughter, Jocelyn Nicole, and she is a writer, a actress, vocalist, 
paper artist who also has her own line of cards called Paper Poetry Wings, which you can find on our website, artistrycollaborative.org. An all-around fabulous creative soul and an iridescent ball of amazing. So welcome, Jocelyn. Great to be here. Uh, awesome. Um, so, yeah. All right. So, Jocelyn, when did you first realize that you were creative? Oh, you know, I knew this was the first question. And I didn't even think of my answer. Well, good. You'll be spontaneous. When did I know I was first creative? Well, we grew up in a house that was very creative. It was encouraged that we be creative. Um, so I don't think I can pinpoint um, you know, a time where I thought that. But I will say that the first time I thought that I was a writer was probably the first time where I was like, ooh, maybe I, maybe I am really good at this, was um, when I started writing really long cards to people <laughs> inside, filling the whole, whole surface and getting emotional just reading it back to myself. I was like, mm, you know, I have a way with words. Yes. So. Do you remember what, um, besides the card writing, um, did you have like a creative, like, do you ever go back and say like, that was my first real creative act? Like for me, it was in second grade when I wrote a myth. So. Well, the clouds, the marshmallow clouds. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, the only thing that's coming to mind, weirdly enough, it's writing as well, was I, I think I was in fourth grade and we had to write this last thing before we went home for Christmas. And back then it was a two week break for Christmas. So we were pretty excited. Um, and I had run out of space on the line of the paper and I only wrote half the word and I didn't like to cross out things so I put a dash and continued the word on the next line and I thought that was so brilliant I thought <laughs> I came up with that <laughs> I didn't but I thought I did and I remember showing up classmate and the classmate saying yeah okay whatever it wasn't a big deal but I thought it was brilliant so I guess we could say that moment <laughs> I don't know <laughs> And what would you say, because you have a lot of interests. Too many. Too many. As some I, people would say. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think that's true. Well, um, it's hard to pick one to concentrate on. Yes. Through, through fulfillment. Completion. Yeah. So what would you say your process is when you get an idea? I usually don't do much with it, unfortunately. I think there are a lot of ideas in the ether as Elizabeth Gilbert says you know they'll come to you and if you don't use them they'll go find somewhere else to be and I think I've given up a lot of those so you'd think that would be more of like a heads up to start listening and putting it into motion but no <laughs> but you do create a lot yeah you know like if you over if you look over one year's time of all the things that you did the list is pretty extensive the thing is the list is usually for other people 
Yeah. And I think that's why you don't think it's... Yeah, it's not around. I can't see it. Yeah. Because I've given it all away. Yeah. Which isn't a bad Which thing. Which I think is my, probably my life's purpose. Yes. It's just to give it all away. Everything I got, just give it away. Well, you've got a lot, so... <laughs> <laughs> so, what would you say... I know it's every... I know that it's in every ounce of your body, but what would you say how creativity is important in your life, in your work, in your life's purpose? It's like breath. It's like breathing. If I am not creating something, I get really depressed. I think because I'm not in tune with my essence, my, my being. What I, I think, I always believe that we wouldn't have these inclinations or these inner promptings. We wouldn't have them if we weren't meant to do them. And un unfortunately slash fortunately, I have all of the arts inside me that interests me and that drive me to want to create new things. So, yeah, <laughs> I guess that's, that's the answer. Well, okay, but how, it's important, but then how do you turn it into a life? How do you, I mean, you have this great job and you're very creative in it, even though it is not necessarily a creative job. So, how do you think you tap into your creativity? I think because I'm not getting it through the job. I'm not in my day-to-day -day duties as an adult, as a functioning member of society. You know, I'm not, I'm not making a living doing what I love. So, doing what I love is the way to get okay with making a living and why don't you do what you love for a living mm -hmm. because I haven't synthesized how that makes money yet <laughs> well I mean all right so I want so for many many years now I've wanted to become a director unfortunately you need lots of people to do that right whether it's obviously I'd have to start in, in theater or maybe even a movie it doesn't matter either way you need a cast you need a lighting person you need you need other people around so with the cards that was something I could do on my own but now I need people to distribute them to get them out right I like you're we got to go to stores and and try to get them to sell them so I think I try to I pick the thing that's the easiest for me to do on my own. But that's not necessarily the thing I want to do most. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why we call it collaborative because most art is a collaborative effort. Like even with your cards, even though it's a sole entrepreneur type thing, you still need other people to talk about it, to buy it, to market it, sell it. So. Um, people always think of art as a very solitary thing, but really, I 
to me, the most exciting part is when you are, I think that's why theater excites me the most is that it's a bunch of different thoughts and ideas and strengths and weaknesses coming together to create a whole. And really, in honesty, when I'm writing the card, I'm thinking of somebody. So I guess right from the get-go, it's it's a collaboration yeah. of that person's influence over me. What I think of them, what they've done for me, how they make me feel. So I think a lot of people... Um, and the reason why I started the podcast was because I think we all want and have these desires and stop ourselves because we think for whatever reason we can't. Um, and I see you struggle with that a lot. And wh what do you think is a first step? And I mean, I know we've talked about this, you know, you want to direct. Okay. So now you've got to get involved in the theater world, which you have done many different things, stage managing and acting and all of that. But, and now we're in lockdown. So God only knows when that's going to happen again. But then I think we have to reinvent ourselves. Maybe we, uh, I started doing YouTube videos. Maybe we need to start doing, you know, skits and, and putting them up or, you know, pieces. And so, what do you think? What do you think is your number thing, one thing that holds you back? Uh, how people look at me, I imagine. But most people, once they know you, like me a lot, love you, yeah, um, adore you, <clears throat> and so. How do you, how do you think we get over that? How do you think? And I mean, it's not, I'm not just picking on you. Um, it, this is a hard oh, interview because I do know you. Yeah, it's um, probably the hard. In fact, Dax Shepard had Chris, Kristen, his wife on his first episode. And he said, like, I thought this was going to be so easy. And it was actually the hardest. Yeah. Yeah. It's very yeah. difficult because I know. And I, you know. And we've had all these conversations. <laughs> yes. <laughs> time and time again. But now it's. You know out there for everyone to listen to but I think I think I think our fears and our you know fear of rejection fear of not doing it perfect fear of I think too like not being good enough even though you know I constantly say oh I'm so brilliant and oh I love this so much and and man I'm the best <laughs> even though I say those things uh, do I really feel it Yeah. And I don't know what, what that's about either, where, where that came from, especially growing up in a house that where creativity was encouraged and being different was encouraged. You didn't tell us that the elephant had to be gray, that the sun had to be yellow. Uh, so. But then there are aspects of your personality where you do go against the norm and and you do say too bad you know like liking pink floyd when you were in sixth junior grade. sixth grade you yeah. know and that everybody else loved green day yeah and hootie yeah and um sore sore subject <laughs> <laughs> no but you know you that was a that's an age that's very hard to hold your own everybody wants to fit in at that age and 
you found something and yeah i think no i wanted people to like me that was always a thing as you reminded me i that i had in preschool um that was really important for for me to get people to like me um but even that i wasn't going to compromise who i was in order to get it i've never been able to hide who i was i never needed the it thing in order to feel like i fit in because i've always known i didn't fit in mm -hmm. and i was okay with that but who fits in i mean in school yeah there's clicks but really <clears throat> in the world i don't know how many people really feel like they fit in yeah but you you know when you're when you're young like that in sixth grade you you, that's not really what you think. You don't think, oh, everybody feels this no, way. No, that's what I'm saying. I, I said. <laughs> you feel like you're the only person. No, I said that in school, though. In school, yes, yes there's definitely hierarchies and cliques and the cool people and all that. Well, but and when you're 12 years old, you don't have the the clarity and, and but you we, know, all-knowingness to know that it everybody feels this way. You right. just think that you're the only one. But, and this bringing it back to creativity, we are adults and we know that everybody is unique and everybody isn't going to like everything the same. And that's what makes an interesting world. There is a lot of art out there that I just go, don't get it. I don't, my, Rothko, I, I still, I just, I stare at it and I stare at it. RISD has a piece and I just sit there and I stare at it. And I just don't get it. <laughs> just don't understand. I, I I I don't understand. And it's color, and I understand color. Right. I love color. Right. But I think that's the other thing is that it's all a matter of of taste and perspective. And what resonates. I mean it obviously resonates with people. Um and I and I'm surprised because you're very geometrically you love geometrics. It's just lines. Yeah. It's basically just brushstrokes. Yeah, I, I know. I know. Um so what is a new project that you're working on? A big project? Well, I I only have a couple lines learned, but we I read a play a while ago that I just I didn't think acting was going to be something I ever did again and I read this play and I put it down and I said, oh, I have to do, this is a play I need to do. I need to perform this play. So you want to direct me in that. So that's something that I should be doing now is learning those lines since we have all this time to actually work on it. So that's a big, big thing that I never thought was going to be a thing. So there's that. Um, there's getting the cards in the stores and being re really getting serious about the screenplay that I want to make, the movie I want to make. I really need to get that done because I, I truly feel in my bones that that's the one thing I'm supposed to do with my life is, is make this movie. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I don't do anything lately. No, no. <sighs> All right. It's well, not. Well, I need to make this omelet tonight <laughs> to use up these vegetables. 
just not how I roll. Alright. Well, I'll have you back again because, you know, we'll see how things advance and and your processes. And this way here, you can maybe pre-think what... I don't know. This this was just really. It was more difficult than I expected it, it was to be. So much more difficult than I thought. Yeah. And yeah. like I said, I knew the first question, and yet what? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Thought I was gonna knock this out of the park. Not so easy, <laughs> is it? Is it? All right. Well, thank you, everyone, so much. Please. Um, like this and subscribe and um, put it on your Facebook and tell your friends about it. I really appreciate your support and stay safe, stay well, and keep on creating.